Welcome in to the Unnamed MMA Podcast. That's right, we're back. I'm Adam Abdallah. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Across from me, as always, it's been a while, is Jordan Sherwood. You can follow him on Twitter at WoodonESPN1000. What is up? Yeah, we took a little two-week, maybe two-and-a-half-week hiatus. I was on vacation. You had some baby stuff going on. But we're back. We're back in Singapore. Yes, well, we are not. We're, we're not, not no, physically. I hope we're not painting the picture that yeah, we're live. We're it's going to be great if we had the budget to go to Singapore. We're not physically in Singapore. Yeah, no, we are. This is this is perfect, right? We were off. I was on vacation. You were on vacation. Then we were both on vacation. Like, it just happens, right? But now we're back, and the UFC is in Singapore, and that's awesome because it means that this main card starts at 7 a.m. It does. It's an early wake up for us. Uh, but look, you know, listen to the podcast now. We're recording here on a Friday. So mm-hmm. the weigh-ins have happened. The stare-ins, the stare-downs have gone. You know, we haven't lost any fights. No one missed weight. We're ready to roll. We've got you some winners and basically put it into your FanDuel account. Go to bed and wake up some mo- with some money. Yes. Or what you could do is what I'm going to do is I'm going to be listening. Well, I guess I can't really be listening to myself. I guess I could be uh, with the Bears pre-pregame show that starts tomorrow at 8 a.m. with myself and Chris Black into Sylvie and Dion in the pregame show and then Bears football on at noon is the home of the Bears ESPN Chicago, which is perfect because then that leads right into college football. Like this doesn't, this early card doesn't affect college football other yeah. than I hope to win a bunch of bets to then place that money on college football. I have to be reminded Notre Dame Navy is Notre Dame Navy, one thirty. 130 yeah. in Dublin, in Ireland, ac- across the, the big pond or whatever. <laughs> it is a big pond. It is, Not a yeah. whatever. It is truly I don't a know, big yeah. Pond. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's start here. It's been a while. Let's see. Let's dust this off. Let's see if we can still do this. Yeah, I think we can. <laughs> I think we can, too. This is a good card. It is in Singapore, like we mentioned. It's going to be very early. I mean, the prelims, if, if the main card starts at 7, that means the prelims must start at, like, 4 in the morning or something like that here. It's crazy. So as soon as you wake up, grab that coffee, turn on this uh, UFC fight night here. We've got a good main event. I can't say great main event just based on it's the It's a odds. good main event it's based on names, yes. based on the careers. Yes. But Literally, we will get we will get to it a little bit more in detail. But what I'm hearing is this could be the swan song for the Korean Zombie. This Ooh. could be the retirement fight. Oh, we getting close? Song Jung. We, we could be getting look and and he's had his and a historic. Let's just get to it. He's just had he's had a historic career. Yeah, uh, it was cut short because you know of of his uh, army uh, 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 deployment mm-hmm. that that you know as a as a Korean. Male that he has to uh, abide by, so he yeah. lost four years uh, for military service. Well, he also hasn't fought since UFC 273 when he lost to Alexander Volkanovsky. He wanted all of his injuries to heal. He's 36 years old. I mean, yeah. Look, the odds are here. We'll just we'll just do the main event right away. It doesn't matter. Uh, Max Holloway minus 850, Korean Zombie plus 540. Yeah. So the odds would dictate that this is going to end. Uh, maybe his career, but that Max Holloway is going to get a pretty easy victory here, whether it goes the distance or not. That's why you're the expert. But yeah, this is a this is a fight that the names are awesome. Max Holloway, Korean Zombie, the names are fantastic. The odds dictate that this is not going to be a very good fight, though. And, and the odds, I think, are reflective of, of the matchup. I do believe that Max Holloway should be this big a favorite. Uh, the only concern, I think, if you are backing Max Holloway is... Obviously, a it's not in the customary North American, uh, you know, atmosphere uh, and environment. Mm-hmm. He has to go overseas uh, to Singapore to fight, so the time difference may be a little bit of an adjustment. And 
look, there is some horrific things going on in Hawaii right now. Mm-hmm. His native land, uh, you know, and, and where he's from. Yeah. Is his head in the right space? I believe it is. It's going to be I mean, emotional. This is a guy that was considered until Alexander Volkanovsky showed, showed up, the greatest featherweight champion that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. He was a pound-for-pound skilled fighter. Fights with tremendous volume, great cardio, excellent takedown defense, a toughness that really gets associated a lot with, with those Hawaiians. Um, and just stylistically, Chan Sung Jung isn't you know, a power puncher that's going to cause some issues or a wrestler like Alexander Volkanovsky did to, to Holloway that, that could cause some issues. So I, I don't see any scenario really where Max Holloway shouldn't be as favored or, or, or doesn't get the win. Clearly, I'm not going to recommend a minus 800 favorite. No. I mean, that's just ludicrous. And even yeah. in putting him into a parlay, you'd have to find two or three other fights yeah. to get significant value. So here's what I'm going to say. Based on the layoff that the Korean zombie just went through, his age, the battles that he's been in. I mean, he's 4-3, and three, I think, in the last five or six years. So it's not like he's been dominating people. He's at the tail end. Um, that war that he had... Um, with Yair Rodriguez, where he got knocked out with a back-spinning elbow in a Oof. fight, and he was winning five seconds remaining mm-hmm. in that fight. So, really, look, the only play that I think is you got to get creative and Max Holloway the win in rounds four or five. Okay. just Because Max Holloway's not a power puncher. He's not a one-punch and going to knock out the Korean zombie, but I think the volume over time could lead to a later championship round finish. We saw the Korean Zombies fight get stopped against Alexander Volkanovsky in the championship rounds. Mm-hmm. We saw um, Max Holloway stop Brian Ortega in the in between the fourth and fifth round, I believe, so in the championship rounds. So that's, that's I think, where you got to get creative and find some value. And then if not, just sit back, relax, and, and see again a 31-year-old Max Holloway just do what he does best mm-hmm. and perform in the octagon. All right, our method of victory here. This might be a little more enticing. Max, Max Holloway by knockout uh, is minus 115. Holloway by points is plus 170. Uh, zombie by points is 11 to 1. Holloway by submission is 13 to 1. And zombie by knockout is fifteen to one. Yeah, it's it, I, well, I'm not picking Korean zombie to win the fight. No, it's uh-huh. it's Max Holloway win the fight, and he's really not a submission yeah. artist. You know, he is good on the ground, but I think again, he's a volume striker, uh, pours it on. So him getting a TKO finish or him winning via points is 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 maybe a method. The other thing that I've seen, and we don't talk about it a lot on the podcast, Abdallah is is um, spreads like point spreads. Mm-hmm. I, I don't look too deep into it on FanDuel, but I know there's some other books that do offer it where you could, uh, you know, have like five and a half. Yeah. So thinking there's going to be maybe a 10-8 round, a, perhaps a 10-7 round mm-hmm. in there for Max Holloway, you take that and, and, and think that he's going to win on points and maybe you get a little bit more value than just a straight-up decision prop win. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen that yet on FanDuel. I think just because the odds are... So uh, in Max Holloway's favor, they haven't put that up yet. But so far, the only value I'm seeing is on method of victory, and that's by knockout at minus 115. Okay. I mean, I so, think naturally you think, again, just the Korean zombie, the time off, the yeah. amount of punishment he's had, Holloway, the volume. But I think probably with a little bit more value, some of that plus money opportunity, Holloway in round four, Holloway in round five might be the right. direction to go. All right, we will look for that. Our, well, we'll go back to the 
all the way to the beginning of this card as uh, Junior Taffa takes on Parker Porter here. Taffa's minus 150, Porter's plus 125. These are the big boys that are going to start off this main card. The uh, heavyweights here, uh, 26-year-old Taffa made his debut earlier this year, uh, dropping a unanimous decision to uh, Muhammad Usman that we talked about it back in April. Uh, but he'd won four straight ahead of that. Porter uh, is lost to Tafa's older brother at UFC 284, which is wild. So now he's playing just, he fought Justin Tafa, and now he's going against Junior Tafa. Tafa. Yeah. So uh, he's going to get the best of both Tafas, I guess, uh, and probably lose to them both if you believe the odds. Well, I mean, I, I, okay, well, first <laughs> off, I mean, very disappointed debut for Junior Tafa. I mean, against Mohamed Usman, a guy that he should have had the advantage, uh, you know, on the feet, let Usman use whatever wrestling that he has, take him to the ground, and then Junior Tafa was a fish out of water. So he didn't really know what to do. And really just just kind of like laid there and like wanted the round to end that's a problem when you get a takedown you know a minute into a round you're off you're on your back for four minutes so um junior taffa absolutely has the stand-up advantage against parker porter he uh, junior taffa comes from a kickboxing background he's got knockout power in both hands he's got some variety in the strikes if this fight is standing he's going to knock out parker porter and parker porter has shown throughout his you know pretty long now ufc career that, that that's the type of fighter that he is. Like he'll stand and trade and look to square in the pocket, maybe work the clinch game a little bit, but not necessarily work on takedowns, which he showcased on the regional scene. So look, if Parker Porter comes in the shape and he came in the great shape his last time out, which I believe was a victory, if he if he and he looked fine on the scales, if he's in shape and he's looking for takedowns, like you you probably should consider a small play on Parker Porter because I got to believe that even though Junior Tavas now had a couple months removed from his UFC debut, those jitters are out. Uh, maybe he's worked a little bit on his ground game. Dude, dude gets taken down, like he's gonna stay down. That yeah. Parker Porter's gonna have the advantage of it. However, I do believe that because Parker Porter falls into that uh, scenario where he just likes to stand and trade and fight, he's going to get knocked out. So I think Junior Taffa, straight up on the money line, probably the best play that you can have. Uh, for this fight with uh, some lower-tier heavyweights. All right, and Tafa by knockout, you mentioned he's probably going to get knocked out, that Parker Porter would probably get knocked out. Tafa by knockout is plus 115. Porter by knockout is plus 410. Porter by points is plus 500. And Porter by submission is plus 600. Tafa by points is plus 650. I, I Look, I just don't see a knockout coming from Parker Porter. Yes, he did get the uh, the TKO finish of Braxton Smith. But Braxton Smith's not a guy uh, that I believe has a, a long career within the UFC. That was a short-notice fight as well. Uh, but outside of that, it's decision victory over Sherman, decision victory over Parisian, you know, Badeau. Like, again, those are lower-tier mm-hmm. heavyweights. So if you're on the Parker Porter side, it's not in the knockout. It's just on the straight-up win. And he's, you know, again... He's the underdog, but I don't think that's the case. I think Junior, Junior Taffa learned from his mistake against Mohamed Usman. Uh, and, and Usman, obviously, the, the uh, older brother of Kamaru Usman. So mm-hmm. he's going to have that wrestling, you know, ingrained in his head, like, you know, in preparation for the fight. Parker Porter, not so much. Yeah. Again, I think this fight gets sta- is, is standing most of the time, and we, we see a knockout by Taffa. All right, and uh, what might be the uh, the best fight on the card here, Aaron Blanchfield against Talia Santos. At least you told me this earlier. Uh, they were supposed to face off in February, uh, and the winner here might be the next title contender. You've got Aaron Blanchfield, who's 11-1 with an eight-fight winning streak, and if she beats Talia Santos, she's minus 145, could be in line to uh, challenge for the belt here. And Santos is the second straight appearance in Singapore, 
Uh, so the last time she fought was also in Singapore, UFC 275 against Valentina Shevchenko. So uh, she's been in there as well. So Talia Santos plus 125, Aaron Blanchfield minus 145. This is the best fight in the card. There you go. This is the best fight in the card. This has the most uh, uh, importance for the, the, the title consideration for both of these ladies, the careers of both of these ladies. This, quite frankly, should be the co-main event. I wouldn't even have a problem if it was the main event. I mean, you know, you, obviously, I don't think you're going to do that with Holloway and, and the Korean yeah. Zombie on the card. But what I'm arguing is that this should be a five-round fight. Yeah. Because, you know, A, I really want to see what Erin Blanchfield c- could do in championship rounds. Like, she's, she, you know, she was never even uh, had an opportunity. Uh, or she had an opportunity, but she never went to the championship rounds against Jessica Andrade her last time out. Fantastic grappler Aaron Blanchfield is. Outstanding at getting fights, getting takedowns, and getting fights to the ground. And then when she does, looking in for submissions. I mean, she is a fantastic submission artist. She had that great Kimura against Molly McCann. Mm-hmm. We knew she was going to run through her, and she did. Uh, the Andrade victory, very impressive. J.J. Aldrich, you know, another very tough fighter. She got her out of there in two rounds with the submission guillotine. So it'll be interesting to see, A, like, she's got good stand-up. It's not great stand-up. Talia Santos doesn't have great stand-up. It's good stand-up, and she's got power. Mm-hmm. So, A, can Erin Blanchfield deal with the power that Talia Santos uh, is going to provide? And then, B, once Blanchfield gets to the ground, like this will be the best grappler that she's ever faced, a bigger, stronger fighter than she's ever faced. And Talia Santos is no slouch you know, on the ground. Uh, as well. And quite frankly, you mentioned the Valentina Shevchenko fight. A lot of people scored that fight for her. A lot of mm-hmm. people thought that Talia Santos you know, won that fight. And then we saw what happened to Shevchenko next time out. She yeah. loses to Amanda Hibas. Um, can't wait for that rematch. So there's a lot of back and forth for me. I'm not going to have an official play on this fight. No play. Yeah, because look, I, I get the fact that Aaron's Blan- Aaron Blanchfield, the last time out, uh, you know, she beat a former champion. But she yeah. beat a former champion in a weight class that, you know, Jessica Andrade really isn't, you know, accustomed to fighting at. Uh, it was a short-notice fight uh, as well that Jessica Andrade took that fight. So I, I want to wait and see that before I fully crown Aaron Blanchfield as the next big thing because, quite frankly, a lot of people believe that. Um, and, and Talia Santos, look, does, does a fighter improve off of a loss? She was obviously counted out left and right against Shevchenko. Mm-hmm. Surprised a lot of people by her ability. Um, but Shevchenko's not as great a takedown artist. And she took Talia Santos down. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a no play for me. If you're asking me to pick a winner, you got to go with the, the meteoric rise of, of Aaron Blanchfield. Aaron Blanchfield you know, yeah. take, take the hotter fighter, the one that's on that win streak right now that is just running rough shop through, through women's mixed martial arts. I just I try to look for like... like for signs, right? Like the signs of what to bet. And like digging through the numbers a little bit, Blanchfield by points and Santos by points are the two lowest odds on method of victory, which would dictate that this goes to the judge's scorecard, right? So would you look at the over in this fight just because you you look at that and you say Blanchfield by points is plus 155, Santos by points is plus 190, and then it jumps all the way up to plus 440, for Blanchfield by submission, and then Santos by knockout is eleven to one. Santos by submission is twelve to one. Blanchfield by knockout is twelve to one. So, Vegas is trying to tell you that this is going to go to the judges' scorecard. It is, and, and, and I get the fact that that it's probably going to do that. You look at Talia Santos, uh, four, what four of her last five or five of her last six, seven of her last eight fights have gone to the judges' scorecards in fights that she's won and she's lost. Uh, she only had that impressive uh, submission rear naked choke win over uh, Joanne Wood uh, two fights ago. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, I, I think 
if you need to add a little bit more value, I think you got to look at Aaron Blanchfield via submission. Okay. Even though Talia Santos is well-versed, she's never been submitted in her mixed martial arts career, and the two times that she's lost have both been via split decision losses. Mm-hmm. But It's plus 440. It's th- not th- bad value. Th- this is just this is going off of the fact that you think Aaron Blanchfield is special. Yeah. This is That Aaron Blanchfield is special and that she has, uh, and again, it's a multitude of ways to get submissions. She's just not like, you know, arm-barring people like Ronda Rousey did. Like, she's got... A well-versed Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt with good grappling. She's young. She's the younger fighter, uh, and it's not forcing her to go three, five rounds. She's going three. So maybe you do that if you want to hunt for for a submission. Maybe a small sprinkle on the uh, Blanchfield okay. submission. All right, so we'll I've do. I've convinced a myself to do it. All right, all right, all right. I'll write that down. Sprinkle. Blanche or Blanchfield by submission. All right, our next fight, real quick. We'll go through this one real quick because anytime I see uh, Dana White contender series or anything like that, I know that this is going to be plus the odds kind of dictate Rinya Nakamura minus nine hundred against Fernie Garcia plus six ten. We will go right to we're, the method of victory. We're, we're gonna we're, we're, no, just we're gonna this is this is what we're gonna phrase it now. Can we start maybe getting a hashtag for this? This is the Shadow Realm fight. Okay. Nakamura is sending Fernia okay. Garcia into the shadow realm. All right. This is going to be a knockout in round one by wow. Nakamura. Knockout in. Okay, let me see if I can find that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Round props. Let's see. Uh, Nakamura to win in round one is minus 125. <laughs> Nakamura to win by knockout is minus 135. Nakamura by knockout in round one is plus 135. Let's do it. Okay. Let's All do right. It. That is happening. Look, All Nakamura, right. yeah, Nakamura rode to, the, rode to the octagon. This guy was, you know, the heavy favorite. He won it. He's special. He's, he's got big bantamweight power. Uh, you, when, you, when the UFC traditionally puts on these fight cards, you know, in Singapore, they want to cater to the hometown crowd. This is, this is one of those fighters. This is one of those, you know, Asian fighters that comes from that territory that they want to focus in front of the home, home countrymen or hometown crowd, uh, and that's what Nakamura is going to do. All right, and then our next fight, so we'll do that. I love that. Plus 135, Nakamura knockout in round one. All right, our next fight, Gija Chikadze against Alex Caceres. Caceres is plus 200. Chikadze is minus 245. The former kickboxer uh, has won seven. Seven straight to begin his UFC tenure, uh, but he then lost to Calvin Cater and had other ideas. He lost to him, and he hasn't fought since. So he lost in 2022, and then uh, had, hadn't fought since. Yeah, because he was like, "I'm not." January of 2022. Yeah, first so fight card of 2022. So it's been a year and a half yeah. since Chikadze has fought, and then Alex Caceres, he's number 15 in the rankings. He comes in on a two-fight winning streak, but he is plus 200 to Chikadze's minus 245. Should we be wary of the rust? On him not fighting in a year and a half. Look, there, there's two different there's two different angles, you know, off of this fight. There's there's definitely a concern over Chikaze, the the, the ring rust, uh, and and the fact that like the five round fight that he lost to Calvin Cater. Calvin Cater, you know, beat him from pillar to post. That was mm-hmm. a dominating win by Calvin Cater, a guy that just kept it standing, and that's what Chikaze's known for is obviously his kickboxing. He's got a tremendous liver kick, so you worry about that. But then. Alex Caceres, you know, yes, two-fight win streak, but you concerned about the quick turnaround for a guy that just went three hard rounds with Daniel Pineda mm-hmm. uh, at, at Alex Caceres' age. Is this too quick of a turnaround for him? So mm-hmm. it's kind of both ends are meaning. I think you, you make the argument as your lead bullet point two or three if you're on the Jacazzi side about, okay, Alex Caceres, you know, that, that quick turnaround, or on the Caceres side, the ring rust. 
So there's that. Um, obviously, Chikaze's got tremendous power. That, that we know, and he's going to have a stand-up advantage. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's an advantage on the ground for him. If there is, I think it's for Alex Caceres. For me, and, and I grabbed it at plus 185. Okay. So at plus 200, I am going to recommend Alex Caceres. Okay. I mean, look, I, I get the fact that Chikaze's going to have a good camp around him. Taking the time off was a smart decision. He likely worked on his grappling. He will have the power advantage. Alex Caceres does fall into those lulls of, you know, having a stand-up fight. But he's very awkward. He's long. And he's got very good submissions. He's got good takedown defense if he needs to use it. Uh, and he's shocked before. So I think that, you know, looking at Alex Caceres, a guy that had has won seven of his last eight fights, um, I like Alex Caceres at that plus 200 feel. Just, just again, risking that there's probably not, uh, you mm-hmm. know, there's a little bit of ring rust for Jakaze coming back after that five-round fight. All right, I'm not even going to look for method of victory because plus 200 is good enough for me to not have to try to find even more extra value in that. Uh, we already talked about our main event, so our co-main event here is Anthony Smith against Ryan Spann. Ryan Spann plus 110. Anthony Smith is minus 130. Uh, Smith comes in on a two-fight slide. He had a disappointing performance against Johnny Walker. Contemplated retirement, so maybe we get another gloves uh, gloves fight here too. Watch the gloves for the, the co-main event and the main event. Uh, and then Ryan Spahn uh, had a first-round stoppage against Ayakutalaba and Dominic Reyes in 2022, but then he lost earlier this year to Nikita Krylov in a triangle choke in the first round. So on paper, this is supposed to be the closest fight, right? Odds would dictate that this is going to be the closest fight on paper, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the best. Yeah, match. I mean, look, I, I, and this is a rematch too. I mean, yeah. this is a fight that they they, they fought, uh, you know, back in September of twenty one. It was mm-hmm. a uh, first round submission victory for Anthony Smith. A fight that, like, I, I basically think that the fight's going to play out the same way that that it did in the first fight. Uh, Span's got the power. Um, he doesn't necessarily have the stand up advantage. I think there's more variety in the strikes that Anthony Smith. Uh, is going to bring, and you got also credit. Or Anthony Smith's been around the block, former title challenger. You know, fought the who's who in the light heavyweight division. So he's had the the, the stronger strength of schedule. Span's probably the more athletic. Smith is more well versed on the ground. Um, Ryan Span hurt Anthony Smith early in that fight. Smith was rocked, and then traditionally, as Anthony Smith does, he recovers and, and got the fight to the ground, and then got uh, the the submission, uh, the rear naked choke. So. If you like Anthony Smith, you're on the over in the submission. If you like Span, you're in the under and the knockout. Right. That's what I'll say. I don't really have I don't have an official play. Okay. Look, two guys, two two other MMA handicappers that I respect. One guy's leaning towards the over, so that means that I, he's thinking that that Anthony Smith is going to get the win. The other one thinks the under is going to happen, so I think Ryan Span's going to win the fight. Okay. So, um, I think. Yeah, and both and both guys too. Like you just said, like Anthony Smith contemplating retirement, he's doing the broadcast deal with the UFC. Um, so you know he's got other things that are in the mix. Yeah, I, quite quite frankly, I see both of these guys fighting in the PFL, like like next year, like you know the, the <laughs> other league that's on ESPN. That yeah. a lot of guys that are you know out of the UFC go to. Um, I, I think they could do fine and make some good money in that in, in that. But um, if I'm picking a, f- a fighter to win the fight, I- I'm going to pick Ryan Spann. I think okay. Ryan Spann it f- gets, finishes the job that he should have finished uh, back in September of 21 when they last fought, hurting Anthony Smith and finishing Anthony Smith. All right, Spann by knockout is plus 195. 
Spam by submission is plus 350. Smith by knockout is plus 370. And Smith by submission, like you mentioned, is plus 420. Uh, but So no official pick, but leaning towards Ryan Spann to win that fight. I did do some other research since we are at where we're supposed to be talking about our main event. Uh, the main event, what you suggested, which would be Max Holloway in the fourth or fifth round. FanDuel has a, uh, a bet that says Max Holloway round four, five, or by decision at minus one fifteen. That's good. That's 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 very. So juicy. that means he either finishes the Korean Zombie in four or five, or if they raise his hand by decision, you still cash at minus one fifteen. Yeah, and those are pretty good odds. That's very juicy, considering that he is minus eight hundred eight fifty to win the fight. Yeah, and up. I just don't think that he's like a quick finisher. Like yeah. I just don't, I just don't see that. I mean, we could look. I have to pull it up right now and look back to see like overall his his last couple of fights. But he's not a guy that goes out there and just like steamrolls guys. He's a guy that just outpoints him, outclasses people on the feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at if you want a little more value, if you want, to, you can sprinkle the fight to end in round four at plus eight hundred, and the fight to end in round five is ten to one. So, but Vegas dictates that this is going to end in round one. Yeah, I mean, okay, but. Wait a minute. The Holloway in round one? Look, I'll show you this, okay? Because okay. the so, last time he's finished somebody outside of the championship round so was Jose you, Aldo in 2017. If you go to to wait, what round will the fight end? Round one is plus 430. Round two is 5-1. to one, Round three is 6-1. to one, Round four is 8-1. to one, And round five is 10-1. to one. So Vegas believes that this is going to end fast. Then that means that Vegas knows that Chan Sung Jung is retiring and should not be fighting. So, but then you could also put in alternates for when the fight will end. Rounds one, two, or three is plus 116, but rounds four, five are minus 146. I, I don't s- think Vegas knows what they're I doing. I am so confused. Okay, so I, let me go back. Okay, fine. Here, even, here, fur- here. even further look along. Here, look at this. Even I'll further the, along. I'll pull Ch- the mic okay. over. Pull the mic over. Okay. Pull the mic over. Coming over. You see what I'm looking at here? Yeah. When? Round, what round will the fight end? That it doesn't- gets progressively, but then you get to this one. And it's minus 146 or this, plus yeah, money. Th- this, this does not make any sense to me right now. Uh, jump on that. Um, jump on which one? Ju- uh, jump on, ju- I mean, jump all on. It. Jump all, on all, of it. It. all of it. Jump on all no, of it. No, like, okay, round round one does not make any sense. Okay, the last, just, just hear me out. The last time that um, Max Holloway had a finish uh, in round one uh-huh. or round two, I'll just throw them both out there, but this was in round one. It was against DeBronx, Charles Oliveira. In 2015, when he had an injury to his esophagus. I agree with you. Okay, before that, then you got to go a year earlier to Akira Khorasani in 2014. Max Holloway doesn't finish people early. He beats them via decision or he beats them in the championship rounds. I'm telling you, if you can get on these round props right away, uh, you should. Because there's definitely... There's something amiss with this plus 800 and plus 10, uh, plus 1,000 in round four and five, right? Yeah. Because if you go to time props, will the fight go the distance? No is minus 180. So, like, eh, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on this round four and round five. Yeah, that's what and I'm it doesn't saying. matter who wins. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's what I'm saying. All right. So, our other plays besides that, Max Holloway in round four or round five, or you can do the by decision at minus 115. Uh, Tafa money line at minus 150, a little bit of sprinkle on by knockout at plus 115, a sprinkle on Aaron Blanchfield via submission at plus 440. 
Nakamura knockout in round one, plus 135. And then Caceres straight up money line at plus 200. That is this UFC fight night in Singapore. If you're listening to this on Friday afternoon when we're recording it, remember, you got to wake up early for these fights. These uh, This main card is scheduled to start around 7 a.m. So early during EPL games, uh, as you're listening to Bleck and Abdallah get you ready for your Bears football with the pre-pregame show, leading you into uh, Sylvie and Dion and Lance Briggs for their pregame show, and then Bears football at noon. So this is a very early card. Uh, we will be back next week for another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. He's Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. And like I just said, We'll be back next week. No vacations. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.